The Ostomy Nurse Project. Hi everybody, it's another day in the life of your friendly Ostomy Nurse here in Melbourne, Australia. And before I get chatting about today's episode focusing on Ostomy Pouches, I just wanted to shout out a big thank you to all of you who have tuned into the Ostomy Nurse Project podcasts so far. It really leaves me feeling like I am reaching out to some of you and that the content I bring you is stuff that you actually want to hear about. I don't get to see the details of who is listening, but I do get to see statistics of how many downloads per episode, and it's really overwhelming to see the response I am getting, so thank you very much. Uh, If this is the first time that you're tuning into this episode, be sure to listen to the other ones, um, because you'll find some great content in them, and you might even find some helpful hints. Now, yes, in today's episode, I am talking everything you need to know about bags, call them bags, ostomy appliances, pouches, etc. I am here to explain the differences in the types of ostomy pouches that are selected for individuals with a stoma and the rationale for choosing particular styles of appliance. Today's podcast covers four categories of pouches, the closed bag, the drainable bags, urostomy pouches and high output appliances. Then I'm going to delve into the ingredients and features of different pouch styles and how they have been designed to provide a secure and protective fit to your stoma type. I highlight the different models and styles between brands from different shapes to different functionalities. And then I'm finally going to discuss how stoma nurses selectively choose an appropriate pouching system for a patient either with a brand new stoma or a person who has had their ostomy for a significant amount of time. So we're covering everything here today, guys. Grab some popcorn and a beanbag. No popcorn for new stomas, please. And settle in for this episode all about the science of the appliance. Now, I know this is kind of obvious, but I feel like I should drop in here almost like a footnote. But when I talk about pouches, I am referring to the products used to collect stool or urine. The skin barrier in these appliances includes a sticky backing that sticks to the skin and a pouch that holds the urine or the the fecal output. And this system should provide a secure seal around the stoma and protect the surrounding skin from skin damage um, as a result of the effects of effluent and moisture. Okay, so let's keep things fairly general to begin with. When we're talking about closed bags, drainable bags and urostomy bags, whether one piece or two piece, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, it's important to know that they all come in different sizes. So um, we've got a mini a midi and a maxi, which is basically just another fancy way of saying small, medium and large, but I like to explain both. And in particular, in the closed bags for people who use them on a colostomy, there are some incidences where you can even go smaller than a mini and get what we call a mini cap or a stoma cap, which is a very small dressing that is used for people who maybe irrigate their stoma or for people who perhaps have a mucous fistula where the stoma doesn't actually produce anything. 
But just to reiterate that the closed drainable angiostomy bags um, do come in different sizes. And that's very important um, when we're selecting a particular pouch for you because um, we take into account certain things like your abdominal size, um, how long in between emptying you may be going. Uh, there's lots of different factors, but I'll talk about that at the end. The bags also come in fabric covered or clear. So traditionally when um, stoma bags were first invented, they were just kind of like a sandwich bag style plastic to collect the output. These days, um, they're a lot nicer. Most of them, if not all of them, have, have fabric backing on the underside so that when it comes in contact with your skin, you don't sweat with plastic up against your body. Um, but you can nowadays get uh, full fabric covered pouches so that you won't be able to see any of the contents inside at all. Um, some people also get benefits from having a full fabric cover um, in that it is a little bit less noisy. You can't hear as much of the plastic crumpling when you're wearing a pouch, and that's desirable for some people. On the opposite end of the scale, you can get clear bags, and some people prefer to use transparent pouches, especially in the front, um, as a means of being able to see what they're doing in some cases. Or they simply really don't care what they see on the inside because they're the only one that looks at it and they're more than happy to keep it underneath their clothing and it certainly doesn't bother them at all. The fabrics that they do put on the ostomy appliances are usually water resistant, which means you can shower and bathe and the bags won't end up becoming soaked. They do um, have a certain level of water resistance, so the bags can sometimes get a, a little bit damp, but are usually easy to dry very quickly just by dabbing at it with a towel um, and it dries very quickly. Now these fabrics, as time has gone on, um, especially in the last few years, the fabrics do come in different colours. And I'm not talking football team colours, and I'm not talking wild, zany, electric blue colours or anything like that. Sorry, guys. Um, but they do come in, obviously, a flesh colour or a skin colour. They also come in another colour uh, that might be non-visible underneath clothing. And they're colours like your greys, whites, and even black. Um, which is coming. Australians, you're still waiting on it. I promise you it's coming. But they do come in some different colours so as to remain inconspicuous underneath your clothing. So that's really all I wanted to touch on just about in general that nearly all of the categories of pouches do come in different shapes, sizes, fabric or clear. And um, I'll talk about the other features as we go along. So let's start with the four categories of the types of pouches that I just mentioned. The first one being a closed bag. Now they call it a closed bag because the bag doesn't have a provision to have anything emptied from it. It is a single use, fully contained pouch that is designed to be removed and disposed of straight away before a completely new one is applied. Now, um, there's sometimes a little bit of difference in the way that people name these bags. Sometimes out in the community, people would just say a colostomy bag. I don't particularly refer to them as colostomy bags or ileostomy bags, only because I tend to think that closed and drainable um, can get a bit muddled up in, the, in their definitions. Some people with a colostomy and some cultures will choose to use a drainable pouch. And so I don't think you can really label them as specifically colostomy bags or ileostomy bags. But in terms of a closed pouch, they are traditionally used on people who have a colostomy. And that is because the output that comes out of a colostomy is generally quite thick 
And so needless to say, people don't need to empty those pouches several times a day. Then we start getting into the drainable bags, which are pouches that have the ability to be opened at a particular point in the bag for the contents to be emptied at several intervals during the day. Most drainable bags can be drained with a Velcro mechanism or some sort of clip and you would be able to go to the bathroom, undo that pouch, unroll it and empty the contents into the toilet, clean that end part and then roll it back up again for reopening when it gets full. And so traditionally those types of pouches are used on people with an ileostomy or an ileostomy because the output that comes out of these types of stomas is quite liquid. And so the bags fill up a bit more frequently than a colostomy would or a closed type bag which necessitates having to empty it several times. So to reduce the amount of times that you would be removing an entire bag people can choose to use a drainable appliance. So they are typically the pouches that people with an ileostomy would use. Then we get into the urostomy pouch which is slightly different uh, in its function because obviously we're dealing with liquid in the form of urine and not fecal output. So urostomy pouches will traditionally have a tap like exit point which can be unplugged or opened or twisted undone to drain urine into the toilet um, and then twisted or plugged back closed again. Uh, if you've heard me talk about the urostomy episode in the three-part series talking about different stoma types, I would have mentioned back then that urostomy pouches don't have some of the features that other bags do like filters and things like that. Um, but they do have some additional features that I'm going to talk about as well, like night drainage bags. And then a fourth type of pouching system that not everybody is aware of and certainly not everybody uses is the high output collection bag. So as the name states, for output that is uh, very much in excess of what's considered normal um, in the cases of people who experience diarrhea or people who have fistulas where there's large volumes of fluid coming out um, that might be uh, either quite thick or might not pass through a simple liquid tube, a high output appliance is bigger it can hold higher volumes and it has the ability to be emptied and drained um, quite frequently and also has the ability to have an even longer bag attached to that. Okay, so one of the features of the current day pouches that we use in this day and age is the ability for the pouch to adhere well to the skin and protect that surrounding area beside the stoma from leakages and skin damage as a result of coming into contact with the effluent. I want to take you back to the 1950s when pouches first began to get developed and a bit more technology went into the types of appliances that they were making at the time. And so the, the materials that were used back in the 1950s were either based on latex rubber or, and later on, even plastic. Now the very early prototypes of these types of pouches um, were manufactured to adhere to the body with like a belt mechanism. So they either had metal clips that would fit over the bag uh, and go around the body or some sort of mechanism for securing it to the body uh, via a belt. Later on though, as these pouches got developed, they wanted to look after the adherence to the skin. So they started to create pouches that could be stuck with a bonding cement 
to the body. And so one of the very first developed plastic disposable ostomy bags actually used a zinc oxide based adhesive bonding cement. And as the years have gone by, I've done a bit of research, you can actually still find some of these original bonding cements. If you have a look online and you're browsing, there's a product called Osterbond, which is a mixture of latex, uh, rubber latex cement mixed with zinc oxide. And there's also um, the current day Torbot bonding cement, which you can actually still purchase in this day and age, but believe it or not, for people that use pouches that they bond on with uh, zinc oxide, you can actually look that up. So it's Torbot bonding cement. Jump online and have a look at that one. It's very interesting. You know, so the properties of these bonding cements having zinc paste in them, we all know that um, in properties of wound healing and things like that, zinc oxide is actually a very good protector of the skin and it stimulates wound healing. So you can understand why they would have implemented that in some of the early pouches. Now, as time goes on, and I'm going to talk about this in um, another history episode, but I won't spend too much time on it. But eventually, along came what we call Karaya. And Karaya gum was around in the 1960s, and it's basically a form of tree gum. When it uh, comes into contact with water, it forms a sticky gel. Um, so Karaya started becoming implemented in ostomy pouches as a means of adhering pouches to the skin whilst creating a protective layer that covered the skin surface. And you'll actually find that some brands of pouch these days still uh, will manufacture bags with a Karaya-based adhesive in them. Not all brands, but some brands do still manufacture them with Karaya. Although these days Karaya products are starting to become phased out in favour of the most recent adhesive, which I'll talk about now, and that is what we call a hydrocolloid. Okay, guys, this is my favourite part. I get to give you a chemistry lesson. So jump back into your high school uniforms. I'm not going to take long. So a colloid is one of three primary types of mixtures. If anyone ever did a chemistry lesson in high school, I did not. So forgive me. You've got three types of mixtures. So you've got solutions, suspensions and colloids. And essentially a colloid is a solution that has particles ranging between 1 and 1,000 nanometers in diameter, but are still able to remain evenly distributed throughout the solution. Okay, If the particles are smaller, they become a solution. If the particles are bigger, it's technically called a suspension. So a colloid is particles that are suspended in a matrix of sorts. If they are suspended in water, they are termed a hydrocolloid. And so in simple terms, in terms of ostomy care, a hydrocolloid is simply a sticky and absorptive ingredient that is in the ostomy products that allow protection of the skin around the stoma. So here's a good story, and I'm a little bit proud of it because I'm pretty sure it started here in Australia. Um, and so hydrocolloids came out, as I said, sort of, they weren't popularized until the late 70s, but go back to the 1960s. There's a scientist called James Chen. His research invented the first hydrocolloid adhesive, which was used in dental surgery. So here in Australia, we had a very, very clever and smart gentleman called Sir Edward Hughes. He was a very brilliant surgeon. 
in Australia. And he worked with a stomal therapist and a Scottish gastroenterologist because he saw this work um, with the hydrocolloids being used in dental surgery. And he thought, I'm onto something here. So he worked with this group of people and thought, let's put it in an ostomy product because if it's protecting the oral mucosa of people in dental surgery, maybe it has benefits by using it on people's skin. So fast forward then to the late 70s. Um, by the time they'd worked on this, they'd um, put a lot of effort into it and eventually they pioneered one of the world's first hydrocolloid ostomy products. And even in today's day and age, we still use hydrocolloids to this day um, as a natural and advantageous method of getting ostomia pouches to fit securely and protect the skin around the stoma. So the features of a hydrocolloid in your ostomy appliance is that with other ingredients mixed in with it, so things like gelatin, pectin, synthetic fiber in the form of um, I'll explain this to you, carboxymethylcellulose, otherwise called CMC. Once these are all suspended in this hydrocolloid matrix, it becomes sticky. And some ostomy brand companies also add additional tackifiers into them to make them a bit more sticky, but some actually reduce that and rely on the basic ingredients only. But the main point is the bag is then able to stick to the skin as the skin warms the ostomy appliance once it's on. And as the either urine or feces or mucus that is coming out of the stoma comes into contact with the hydrocolloid, it will absorb that moisture and take it on and avoid that moisture from pooling on the skin where it can cause damage and irritation. So a hydrocolloid is one of the main ingredients and features in all of the ostomy pouches that are used in this day and age. Yes, there are still some companies that will manufacture the original rubber pouches, but majority of pouches that we use here in Australia are hydrocolloid based. And that's the current, I guess, gold standard um, for ostomy pouches in this current day and age. And it's the best that we work with. You can also find hydrocolloids in certain wound dressings because it retains moisture and keeps that skin surface balanced in its pH and allows healing to take place because we're not stripping the skin of its moisture layer and its acid mantle. All right, so some other features of the current pouches that we have. Yes, they're a hydrocolloid. Some brands of hydrocolloid have had other ingredients infused into them. So for instance, some pouches have Manuka honey infused into them. Some pouches have aloe vera infused into them. Some pouches have ceramides um, infused into them. And they're all designed to do that with the uh, aim to protect the skin and provide beneficial ingredients to assist with maintaining a healthy skin surface. But suffice to say, a simple hydrocolloid flange without any infused ingredients is probably just as beneficial as those that have additional ingredients placed into them. In certain circumstances, a simple hydrocolloid will do exactly the same thing, which is secure to the skin and absorb moisture, which means if your skin stays healthy, your pouches stick better and you have a less chance of experiencing irritations and leakage. 
Now some pouches have what we call tape edges or adhesive tape edges for flexible adhesion. So in those instances, some of your pouches have got a ring of hydrocolloid which sits just around your stoma, but the outer edges of that pouch may be constructed from something slightly different. So a material that may be based on an adhesive tape or even a slightly stretchy flexible edge that's designed to move and flex with the skin as our bodies move because our skin is not rigid. Um, the way our body moves, we need pouches to flex with us, which will help to maintain a good adhesion. And so some products will provide a tape edge and some people have a benefit from using a tape edge over a full hydrocolloid flange. Now, one very important feature of nearly all the pouches that are available in each category is the fact that pouches can come in either a flat flange or what we call a convex flange, or we may refer to it as you, you need convexity. And the term convexity is just another word for a pouch where the flange has a built-in ridge on top of it. So it might look like a little dome to you if you hold your appliance flat and have a look at it. And that is a convex ring that is implemented into that pouch. And it serves two purposes. One is to give the skin around the stoma a push. And in doing that, it's going to push the stoma so that it protrudes outwards slightly. So sometimes in creating a stoma, it's not always possible to get that nice everted spout on a stoma. So sometimes what happens is the stoma becomes what we call flush with the skin. Or if it sits below the skin surface and sinks inwards, we call that retraction. So if you have a flush or not a particularly spout stoma, you may benefit from having an ostomy pouch that has a convex flange. And so it gives it a little bit of a push to help that stoma sit out into the bag a little bit more than it would if it had a flat base stuck to it. Now the other purpose that convexity serves is to create what we call a trough effect. And the trough effect is when you lie down, think about it, if you're lying down and you're wearing an ostomy appliance, your stoma is an active organ, so it's pulsing um, as a means of pushing food and effluent out of it. So it squeezes and it moves. It's, it's very active. And if you're wearing a flat pouch over your ostomy and you are lying flat, in the midst of squeezing that tissue, the stoma itself can actually create a dip below the surface of a flat flange. And you only need to get a little bit of liquid coming out of the stoma to get underneath that flat flange and that will start to create a pool of moisture. And if it's not looked after carefully, that will create a leak. So by using convexity, you can actually create a trough effect where it doesn't necessarily make the stoma itself protrude, but whilst your stoma is becoming active with a slight dip in the flange around the stoma, you can then prevent that trough effect from pooling underneath like it may do if you were to wear a flat flange. So they're the two properties that convexity provides, a push to the stoma and a means of preventing a pool of liquid from spilling underneath that immediate hole around the stoma when the stoma is active. 
Now, convexity these days comes in many different depths and um, levels of firmness. They can be anywhere from a soft convex through to quite a deep uh, and rigid convex. And so in addition to that, you've also got what we call the plateau size of the convexity, which is another way of stating basically just the inner diameter of that dome ring that's inserted into the flange. And so you can get different plateau sizes based on the estimated stoma size. The smaller the stoma, the lesser the diameter of the convexity in the base plate. And so it's a technically a smaller plateau size. So that can be interchangeable depending on the effect that you're wanting to achieve in choosing convexity. You might have um, a very large plateau size, but you might choose to keep a smaller plateau size. Say, for instance, if you want a really close push right up against that stoma to help it protrude more. Um, that's something also that the stoma nurse would decide with you based on your stoma shape and appearance and whether or not you need convexity to provide a secure fit in your ostomy pouch. But rest assured, most of the products, if not all of the products these days, have a convex option available to you. And you can discuss that with your stoma nurse if you think that convexity might be an option for you. Another feature of nearly all of the ostomy brands that are available is that um, bags come in what we call either a cut to fit or a pre-cut. So if you're a person who has a new stoma, usually, not every time, but most often, a stomal therapy nurse will provide you with a pouch that has the ability to have the right size cut out from the adhesive flange. And we do that because when your stoma is new, there's usually some swelling and the size and shape of your stoma will settle over a period of weeks after your operation. So in the interest of providing a pouch that's going to get a secure fit, we may suggest what we call a cut to fit pouch where you can measure the diameter or the shape of your stoma frequently and cut out the relevant shape on your ostomy appliance. All ostomy appliances that are cut to fit will have a cutting guide with the different measurements that correspond with a measuring guide that you check your stoma with. And you can cut out that relevant shape so that you are applying your pouch with as much adhesion of hydrocolloid to the skin surface as possible to protect it from irritations. In a pre-cut scenario, we usually reserve these for patients whose stomas have already established their size and aren't going to get any smaller. Not always, but usually down the track or if we know uh, and we can anticipate that your size is not going to change much, or if you've got a very clever stoma nurse who can simply predict what pre-cut size you're going to be, you can order the same brand of pouch that you wear but in a pre-cut size. So it has your relevant measurement already cut out for you and you can order them in a pre-cut size. Now this becomes tricky for people who don't have an exactly circular shaped stoma. So oval or figure eight shaped stomas that are not exactly in circular shape, that does become tricky. So you may choose to stay in a cut to fit. But I'll talk about that later on when it comes to determining why stoma nurses would suggest either a cut to fit or a pre-cut size. In general, it's important to know that there's a cut to fit or pre-cut sizes in nearly every ostomy pouch available in Australia and around the world.
Another feature looks at the models and the styles of the flange that sticks onto your skin. Now they come in different shapes. Um, most people think that they're just circle or oval, but they do actually come in lots of different shapes. And this is very helpful when stoma nurses are fitting you to an appropriate pouching system because our abdomens are all very different shapes and sizes. And so we need to find an ostomy appliance that's going to fit your abdomen well and be functional and provide you with a secure seal. So they come in oval shape, they come in circular shapes, they come in squares, they come in diamonds, they even come in like a flower or what we call a starfish shape. Some of them have the edges notched out, okay? So if you happen to have an outward pointing tummy or perhaps a hernia, some of the flanges have got notches cut out of the edges so that they can conform around those bulging edges. Some of them also have exceedingly flexible edges, as I mentioned earlier, with some of the tape edges and things. Some of the edges have been designed to stretch with the skin and conform around unusual shaped abdomens. So now we get to talk about the mechanics of the ostomy pouches that we use. And you may have heard me referring to this if you've tuned into any of the three-part series looking at different stoma types, where I touch a little bit on the types of pouches that particular stoma types um, would suit. I can tell you that in all four categories of pouches, so closed, drainable, urostomy, and high output, each of those categories in nearly every brand will provide either a one-piece or a two-piece coupling system. And the differences between the two, it's very really basic. A one-piece is simply where the adhesive flange is already attached to the outer bag, and it's all in one. So these types of bags are simply designed to have the backing film peeled off the adhesive hydrocolloid base and stuck onto the skin, and it stays all in one, and you wear that appliance for the recommended period of time before removing it and changing it to a fresh one. In a two-piece system, and this is probably going to make more sense now, the base plate or the adhesive flange is separate from the outer bag that attaches to that. So you have a base plate, sometimes called a wafer, sometimes called a flange. You'll hear them referred to as all different things. And then you have your two-piece pouch which attaches onto that base plate. Now, here we go delving into a little bit deeper. Your two-piece systems can come in two different couplings. And this is where it gets interesting. You can have a two-piece mechanical coupling or a two-piece adhesive coupling. A two-piece mechanical coupling is where you stick your base on and it will have some form of plastic ring or flange where your outer bag clicks onto that flange and you apply that with your fingers you click it shut um, and that is what we call mechanical coupling. In an adhesive coupling you still have a separate base plate or flange that sticks onto the skin but instead of having a rigid plastic ring that clicks onto the base plate you have an adhesive bag where similar to a one piece, you peel off the backing and that sticks onto a plate flange onto your base plate. Okay, and so the differences between the two, you still get adhesion fine. The wear time of the base plates is exactly the same, but 
there is a distinct difference in the two and it usually comes down to A, what the patient prefers, but B, also the patient's ability to apply a two-piece system. And I'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But that's something that stoma nurses assess when we're deciding on a pouching system for a patient, whether they are capable of manipulating a click-on bag or whether, for whatever reason, they may be suited to an adhesive bag instead. Now, let's cover some of the additional features of, that covers pretty much all bags. Okay, all ostomy bags, except for urostomy pouches and post-operative pouches, will have a filter. And if you heard me talking about in the previous episodes where I spoke about the fact that if you have a bowel stoma for fecal output, you still continue to produce gas and flatus. Now that gas sits in the bag and needs to go somewhere. Otherwise, you will experience something that we call ballooning, where the bag basically blows up and can't go anywhere and will end up bursting off. So many of the companies manufacture these ostomy pouches, particularly closed and drainable pouches, with a filter that allows gas to escape, but without the odour associated with it. Okay, and these filters are very, very handy for lots of different problems, which I will cover in the troubleshooting episode. But rest assured that many of the pouches these days have the ability to allow gas to slowly filter out of that pouch without the odor accompanying it. Okay, and that can be very handy for some people who are particularly gassy or whose stomas produce a lot of gas. Um, and they need to uh, find a means to release that. Nearly all ostomy pouches will have what we call belt loops. And these belt loops may be either located um, on the outer bag itself. They might be attached to the base plate in a two-piece system instead of the bag. Or in a one-piece system, um, it, tucked in behind, just above the adhesive flange, but behind the bag attachment. So when I talk about belt loops... Most ostomy pouches have provisions to have a small wraparound belt attached to that bag as a means of providing a bit of added security. So much like the bags that were created back in the 1950s and earlier where they were secured via a belt with a metal clip, this is a similar sort of mechanism except it's a lot more modern. So you can attach your ostomy appliance to your body via the adhesive hydrocolloid but as a means of getting a little bit more security you may choose to wear an ostomy belt which clips into the loops attached to the bag and they are fitted snugly around your waist they're not very wide they're probably only about maybe an inch wide but they sit underneath your clothing so when you're moving and bending or lying down that belt can provide you with just a little bit of extra security against the body if you happen to be very active or if you feel like the bag is going to lift or even come undone. Some bags, and in particular urostomy bags, will have an anti-reflux valve. Now when I say anti-reflux, I don't mean the reflux like we get in our stomachs. You imagine if you're wearing an ostomy pouch that is collecting urine, then you go and lie down in bed Without an anti-reflux valve, there's no means to stop the urine from slushing back up and pooling around the top of that bag, which in some cases can cause 
an increase in moisture getting underneath the flange and onto the skin, or it can actually contribute in some cases to an increase in bacteria sitting around the stoma site itself. So in a lot of urostomy pouches these days, they have an anti-reflux valve, which you can't really see, but it's basically a little pocket of plastic within the plastic pouch itself, which means once the urine has traveled down into the bottom of the bag, it then stays in the bottom. So moving and lying down and becoming horizontal or in different positions, the urine is then not going to travel back up to the top of the bag. So it's almost creating a one-way motion for the urine to stay down the bottom of the bag and eventually travel through a long connector bag into a nighttime bag. So while we're on the topic of the urostomy bags um, and connecting long-time night bags, most, uh, if not all, urostomy pouches will have a relevant night bag that comes from the same brand or the same supplier. However, at the same time, the urostomy bags will also come with what we call a urostomy adapter, which means it has a connector that fits onto the drainable part of the urostomy pouch, to which you can then insert an overnight two litre drainage bag. So the nighttime bags are interchangeable and you check if you do have a urostomy yourself, um, check which brand of nighttime bag that you do use. If you check with your company or the brand, you will probably find the relevant nighttime bag that attaches to that pouch. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the nighttime bag that you have to use. And if you're curious about different urostomy long bags to connect, get in touch with your stomal therapy nurse because they could recommend an alternative or something that might suit and something that might certainly fit within the adapter for the urostomy bag that you use. So again, while we're on the topic of long bags, it draws me into the next pathway, which is talking about high output long bags. So high output long bags are not the same as urostomy overnight bags. Yes, the capacity is probably still the same. They hold about two liters of fluid, but High output long bags have a few slightly different features which make it easier to empty liquid that is thick, say for instance with fecal output and diarrhea. So you imagine um, the output that comes out of a stoma is not going to be always liquid like urine is. So when you use a urinary long bag, it doesn't need to hold anything or doesn't need to pass anything through it other than liquid in the form of urine. With a high output bag, and I'm getting a little bit gross here, so guys, disclaimer, switch off if you don't want to hear this, but what comes out of a stoma is very clearly poo. And so it will be thicker in some parts, and there might be some solids floating around in there. So you imagine if you connect a urostomy drainage bag onto a high output bag, it's going to be, the analogy that I tend to use is trying to squeeze cement through a tube of toothpaste. It doesn't quite work and you're likely to not get a smooth flow of effluent down into that long bag. So what they've created is a high flow or a high output long bag with a wider bore, which simply means that the tube that connects to the bottom of the bag is wider in diameter. So it accommodates for the flow of thicker contents, which can then go into the longer drainable bag and be emptied at a later date in a similar fashion to the way a urostomy pouch long bag would get drained. So yes, you can have a high output pouching system, which has a plug that you can just keep it shut and wear the bag as is. 
But in the cases where the output is exceedingly high and you're not able to cope with emptying it so frequently, or particularly at night time, you can attach a wider bore long bag that accommodates stoma or fistula output. Okay, so we've pretty much covered nearly all the features of uh, the four categories of ostomy pouches that I've talked about today. To finalize this podcast episode, I want to talk a little bit about the process that us as stoma nurses go through when we are considering a pouching system for you as a person with a stoma. Because it can be very simple to think that we just handpick a particular pouch, stick it on you, and that everything is going to be fine. But there's actually a very large thought process that goes into selecting the correct type of pouching system for a person based on lots of different factors. And I'm going to go through those factors now. So obviously the main thing that we consider first is your stoma type because we're not going to go and put, say for instance, a urostomy pouch on a colostomy. That's just not going to work. So there are general rules and guidelines as to the types of pouches that we would choose for you. But one of the first things that we are going to look at is your stoma size because when we consider a type of pouch for you, we need to be able to cut a hole that's going to fit suitably. So we obviously need to select a pouch with a flange size that can be cut to a suitable shape that's going to fit your stoma size nicely and securely. So it can't be too large and it certainly can't be too small. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to get a correct fit. So within that, we would obviously take a look at your abdomen and decide what sort of shape will fit over your stoma and what sort of shape we could use to perhaps avoid either some surgical scarring or any folds or creases or dips in your abdomen. So sometimes, as a bit of an example, if you've got a very flat, very simple abdomen, we may simply choose to put a circular shaped pouch over your stoma. However, if you've had recent surgery, perhaps your stoma was not planned and it ends up sitting exceedingly close to your surgical line that's been formed, or if you've had your stoma for a long time and perhaps you have lost a significant amount of weight or even put on a significant amount of weight, there might be creases fairly close to your stoma that we might be able to avoid by selecting perhaps, say, a square or a diamond-shaped flange as opposed to an oval-shaped one, which might encroach on that space. So that's one of the things that we can plan for when we're fitting you to a pouch if we're just considering flange shape and size. Now, if we're considering that, one of the really big factors that we do put into play when we're thinking about ostomy appliances for you is your perspective. We can certainly choose a pouching system that we think is going to be beneficial But if it's not a pouch that you are going to feel comfortable using or that you don't feel capable of manipulating, then there's no point in us suggesting it for you because we are not the ones that have to go home and become independent with that stoma. So that's something that we take into account too. If we think that you are able and capable of using a particular style of pouch, we will usually sometimes give you several options to choose from and then it becomes a little bit of a two-way street and a little bit of personal preference within the guidelines of the stoma type um, and the stoma size. We may suggest options of different brands and different shapes and explain the features of them and we then hand the reins over to you and allow you to choose what you might prefer to use.
And that also comes into play when we talk about coupling systems. So when we think about maybe a one piece or a two piece, the person's capability is a very big factor in that. And within that, there's a lot of reasons why we might select a one piece over a two piece. If you're a very capable person and you want to be independent and you can manage it yourself, you may choose to use a one piece because it is quick and easy. And once it's on, it is very simple removal. Everything comes off and you put a whole new one on and it's completely fresh. But that doesn't always work for people. Some people prefer the use of a two-piece system where they can apply their base plate and leave it for several days while only applying the outer bags. That may be a more convenient option for people, particularly people who want to get longevity out of their base plates and protect the skin around their stoma or even as a means of uh, time saving. They may choose to use a two-piece system because it's less involved than having to constantly remove single-use one-piece pouches. Now here's an example that I'm going to give you where we might consider going straight to a two-piece but we have to decide on what couplings to use. So let's say for instance some of my patients have been in their late 80s, even 90s. My oldest stoma patient was 98 when they had their very first stoma done, bless them. So we have to think about their capability. Now, in this particular instance, we knew that for a small period of time, there was going to be district nurses involved who would come and see that person maybe twice a week to help them out with their stoma care initially. Okay, so in only coming twice a week, it was probably impossible to suggest using a one-piece system because otherwise the district nurses would have to be present several times in a week because of the frequency of changes of those pouches. So if the patient was capable of simply putting on an outer pouch, we could consider a two-piece system so that district nurses could simply come to the home perhaps twice a week just to change the base plate if the patient was not capable of doing that. So that's just one example, but then we have to think about the coupling system if that patient is going to be manipulating the outside pouches. So if it was a person who had no issues with their vision or their dexterity or their ability to click on a bag like we do in the mechanical coupling systems, we would try them using a mechanical coupling pouch. Whether it's closed or drainable doesn't matter. If that patient is capable of clicking on a bag, then we're certainly happy to try and get the patient to use that system. If for some reason the patient uh, had very um, significant difficulty with their dexterity, they didn't have the strength in their fingers, particularly with the case of arthritis. Sometimes if people are older, the strength in their fingers is very poor and they don't have the strength in their hands to be able to line up and click a bag on over the ring on that base plate. And so the use of an adhesive coupling may be a better option to facilitate the patient being able to have some independence and control over their stoma care by being able to simply peel the backing off, line it up and stick it onto a plate instead of a coupling system that requires a bit more strength and accuracy in being able to attach an outer bag to it. So that's one of the things that we definitely consider when we're thinking about coupling systems. A person's age, um, their ability to use a pouch, their ability to see a pouch. 
whether there will be community nurse involvement or carer involvement in applying the base plate for the patient. These are all things that we consider when selecting a coupling system or a pouching style for a particular person. Now again, I say this and I say it with a grain of salt, if you will, because ultimately if the patient is willing and capable and interested in using a particular pouching system, then of course we will encourage them to do that, um, provided that they're capable of managing it. But if we suspected that the person needed some extra assistance or a different style that would benefit them in other ways, then it is our duty as stoma nurses to recommend those products for the patient. And we would obviously try them out with the patient when we were educating them to see if they could cope with that. And if there was a benefit, then we would suggest that they order that product. And if there is no benefit, then we would obviously go back to the drawing board and look at something else. I did just touch on the visual aspect of being able to see what you're doing to put on an ostomy appliance. And before I start talking about clear and, and fabric covered pouches, I want to talk about the fact that there are certain ostomy appliances that probably specifically cater to people with significant visual difficulties. Yes, there are people who are legally blind that have a stoma and manage very much independently in the right context. Certain pouches whether it's a one-piece or a two-piece, uh, have certain benefits that will allow people that are either nearly blind or have vision difficulties or who are completely blind, they can still apply a pouch through uh, tact and feel, being able to line things up by what they feel instead. So one example is a two-piece system, whether it's it comes in both mechanical and adhesive, and it has a lock-in mechanism where the pouch can actually slip into a little guiding hole before it attaches to the base plate. And a patient who can't see particularly well can use that as a guide to know that their pouch will line up in the right position. Another option is a, a pouch that a two-piece pouch that comes in both a mechanical and an adhesive coupling in the one system. So you can apply a mechanical pouch to a base plate. If it's a few millimeters off, it also has a peel-off adhesive ring that can then adhere to that flange as well. So you get a double added layer of security, if you will. And in a one-piece for people who, particularly the older clientele who may not be able to see particularly well, a one-piece appliance can have a significantly clearer measuring guide and backing film. One of the difficulties that people have is that they can't often find the plastic backing film to peel it off and expose the adhesive flange. So some products have pouches where that backing film is better labeled than others. And so people who have difficulty seeing the back of their pouches may find that uh, to be an advantage. And so we may suggest them trying a pouch like that to see if they can actually see the back to be able to grip it and remove that backing film and apply their pouch properly. Now, clear or fabric uh, is another question that we get asked. You know, how do you decide whether you use a clear or a fabric bag? The answer is not much difference, really. Again, patient preference. Um, and it's also to do with the type of stoma sometimes. There seems to be, um, when you're considering a bowel stoma, a bit of an abhorrent concept of having to look at a bag that's clear and to see fecal output. 
that same um, perception is not necessarily there with a urinary stoma. People don't have as much of an issue looking at urine in a bag as they do as looking at poo in a bag. So that's one thing that um, can guide us in our decision-making process as to whether the patient themselves really cares or not, whether they have a clear or a fabric bag. That's something that we'll give them the choice of. Another thing we do consider when we're choosing between a clear or a fabric pouch is who is going to be applying the pouch because there is a technique of application when you're putting your bags on that can make it easier to see the stoma when you're sticking it over um, as opposed to someone standing in front of you applying it um, what we call anteriorly or, or from frontwards. So you think if you yourself have a stoma you might look down at your abdomen pull your tummy up so that you can see your stoma and you might um, perhaps either fold your pouch to line up the bottom or you might simply just slide it straight over the top um, and line it up from looking downwards towards it. Now that's very effective for a lot of people but uh, for some people they cannot visualize that well and so it might be easier for them to apply a pouch that is clear so that they can look in from the front to see that they are lining up the pouch correctly. And in particular cases where, uh, as I just mentioned, if somebody is applying the pouch for them, it can be easier for the person applying the pouch to be looking down on the patient's stoma and look through that plastic pouching system to line up the stoma within the hole to get an accurate fit and a good seal. So that's something to consider as well when we're looking at pouching options for a patient, if the patient's not necessarily going to be doing the pouching themselves, if they have a carer um, or a loved one or a community nurse who's coming and doing their pouches for them, we may suggest using a clear pouch to make application easier. Now I say that, um, but in modern day times, it's become very popular now for companies to start producing their bags with what we call a viewing option. And a viewing option is where it is a fabric um, pouch on the back and the front, but there is a little slit in the pouch at the top, almost a bit like a, a flap, if you will, that can be opened so that you can in fact see the inside of that bag. So it still provides you with a bit of a modest covering, but application can become easier because you can slightly open up that window of fabric, line up the pouch and stick it down accurately and still get that accurate fit and a good seal. So nowadays there's more and more products that are coming out that have that added benefit and they, you know, the different companies are starting to roll them out on the scheme. So if you're ever curious as to whether or not your pouches have a viewing option, you could contact your ostomy company or contact your stoma nurse and they would obviously advise you whether or not that might be an option for you if you're wanting to upgrade or change your pouching style. There is also anecdotal and experiential suggestions as to why a stoma nurse may choose a particular pouching system for you. It's usually from experiential learning that a stoma nurse might have a preference for one bag over another. It's always centered around the patient, but there are certain nurses who will prefer to use certain filters through different brands. There are certain nurses who will prefer to use different coupling systems. There are certain nurses who will choose to use 
particular uh, drainable ends, you know, so for instance, in a urostomy pouch, whether they prefer to use a plug system as opposed to a twist tap. In a drainable system, there are roll-up bags that are easier to secure with a Velcro flap than they are to perhaps click them together at the bottom to secure it. Um, different styles of coupling and different styles of securing can be difficult for some people to manage. And so anecdotally and, and through experience and knowledge, stoma nurses might prefer to use a particular bag over another, and that's just personal choice. And that would be a discussion that's had with the patient if a nurse thought that you would benefit from a particular style of pouch. All right, guys. Well, that pretty much sums up everything that I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, to do with ostomy pouches and coupling systems, all the features of the ostomy pouches that you guys might be using or interested in. I'm not including accessories in this podcast because I would then end up talking for a couple of hours and accessories are a podcast in itself. So if you want to tune into the Accessorize This podcast episode, which is going to talk about the accessories and the products that are available in addition to your ostomy pouches that can help uh, fix certain issues or can complement the system that you use to provide you with certain benefits and even troubleshoots and problems that you may or may not be having with your ostomy appliance. If you are a person who has a stoma and you want some more information about the features and the function of the particular pouches that you use, feel free to jump online. You can contact the brand website where they will go through all their product ranges and explain the features of the pouch that you do use. Or you can contact your stomal therapy nurse if you had questions about particular pouches if you think you may be having a problem with some of the features of the pouches that you use and you want some suggestions on how to fix that or something to make application a little bit easier, stoma nurses can certainly assist you with that. Additionally, if you do uh, have an interest in a particular pouching style or you think you might want to try something different for any reason, your stoma nurse can also contact the companies and obtain some samples for you to use. Samples are also available directly from the brand companies, but if you want some particular advice, it's best to go through your stomal therapy nurse. I hope you guys have learned something new today and I hope that it's been interesting and you like the content. If you do like what you're listening to, you can feel free to leave a comment or a review either on Spotify, Podbean or iTunes. We also have a YouTube channel uh, under the same name, The Ostomy Nurse Project. If you haven't heard me mention it already, it's O-Z-T-O-M-Y. Same for the podcast. You guys can give me a thumbs up and let me know that I'm doing a good job and that I'm providing content that you actually want to listen to. Be sure to tune in for future podcasts, everybody. I'm Felicity, your Oztomy nurse, coming to you from down under because that's where your stoma is. Take care. I'll speak to you next time.